Dom. I've been um, <clears throat> lately in the mood for a Western. Good old Western. And I think you're always in the mood for a Western. Correct. I am a big Western, big Western fan. So it didn't really take much when I said, hey, let's watch Tombstone. Tombstone. Now, Dom, I'm going to be honest with you. I know. You don't have to tell me because I know. That was the first time I'd ever watched Tombstone. I know. And let me tell you, I liked it a lot. Let me tell you. Yeah. Tombstone is the first rated R movie that I ever watched. Hmm. So it, it holds a, a sentimental place in my heart. It has some, some sentimental value. Some nostalgia um, factor to it. But on top of that, it's just a very good Western. It's just a damn good Western. Damn good Western it with is. a damn good cast. Yeah. And you Amazing know, cast. Take this for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, it takes place in Arizona, and guess where it was shot? Arizona. Because that's Dom. how you do it. Because that's how you're supposed to do it. Now, I'll, uh, listen, I'll give you this. Like, if you have a movie that is based in Arizona and you want to shoot it, like, in New Mexico. <laughs> right. Then, yes. okay, guess what? You're, you're, a, you're a state away. It's basically you're the same landscape. You, it's probably better shooting locations for what, how you want the movie to look, whatever. But I do appreciate the fact that this movie was actually shot in a place, in the place that the movie took place. That, to me, it's helpful. is very respectful to the story. I think the first thing that I noticed about this movie that I hadn't really noticed in the dozen or so times I've watched it before yeah, is that they do an incredible job of building up this world of Wyatt Earp. Yes, um, of Tombstone, you, you kinda, Arizona itself. Right. Tombstone, Arizona in the movie is portrayed as this like bustling town it kind of is, like yeah like a, a an economically thriving community. there's there's even there's a lot of comments to like basically the amount of silver that's in the that's in the city right. and um you kind of get the idea there's a lot of famous people there's a lot of yeah. outlaws there's a mm-hmm. lot of cowboys and lawmen and right. bounty hunters and it is like it is i guess kind of the stereotypical like wild west town right but all things considered, it's still, by our standards today, a small town. Right. And they do such a great job of building up the world of Tombstone. Yeah. And that's part of what makes... And, and like, like building up this place to be, at the time, like a huge, kind of a huge place. Right. A, with, a, you know, like 500 community. people. But still in that time, that's like, other than like the East Coast, out in the West, where people aren't really populating as much yet like it's kind of a slow progression yeah. forward but in that part of the country that's a pretty pretty huge place well and also without having to force character introductions mm-hmm. you realize pretty quickly that the Earp brothers and Doc Holliday are kind of preceded by their reputation everybody right. knows exactly who they are they they yeah they're the rep yeah exactly the reputation precedes them they they know about each other like because of how well known the rest of the country knows who they are like they're right they, they get, are such larger than life figures where they live because they've done a lot of crazy shit in one of my favorite um i guess like recurring lines is yeah. people asking Wyatt Earp basically to come back to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it happens multiple times. He gets to a point where he just starts saying no to everybody. Right. Um, because whatever they're asking him, he knows where it's going. Yeah. And so without, without explicitly stating it, um, you also start to understand that Wyatt Earp was one of the, and he was yeah. one of the most kind of notorious lawmen in, in the West, in, in like American history now, even right. Right. And yeah, I like that. I, I like that. Like, it's not like a, a new, like kind of story to try and tell, but like the idea of like a guy trying to actually settle down, live a normal life outside of, you know, what he did in his past. He wants to kind of get away from that and just actually settle down and, well, run, run, a, run a run a business and and hang out with his brothers and just have right. a good time. It's not that he's trying to escape his past either. Right. No. He's he, just trying to kind of He's just tired. He just wants that to be his past. Right. And he wants his present and his future to be a little more stable. Now, he's also ready to make some money. True. Um which is how he kind of gets involved with Tombstone to begin with. Right. Um is he finds a was it called the Oriental? The, is, it's like the Oriental... Is the casino uh, slash hotel right, slash right. bar mm-hmm. that has basically a, a dirty dealer mm-hmm. has kind of taken over and right. nobody wants to play there. Nobody wants to give them their business. Yeah. So it starts out with him going and kicking out that dirty dealer right. and then making a deal for himself that he gets a percentage of profits. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the business that he's in mm-hmm. um, is... At that point, gambling. That's how he's planning on making his money. Right. Um, and that's kind of where Doc Holliday comes in. Mm-hmm. Because Doc Holliday, he's about as far from a lawman as you can get. Um, right. So he still has a very a very good relationship with Wyatt Earp. And I don't think that we ever actually get explained to us how they know each other or what their relationship is. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they they are portrayed like as friends, obviously, like as good close friends. Right. By the end, and, and I'm assuming that's pretty accurate to real history. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He was obviously a guy. I don't think was. I, I don't think he was like technically an outlaw. Like he wasn't like going around robbing banks or anything. Doc Holliday wasn't. But he was. He was, he was known. He was just. He was known basically as a cheater yeah he, he was che- yeah he cheated at cards right and he got in fights and he but got in a was, lot of fights and wasn't afraid to shoot someone who was ready to shoot him right basically um dude i think like he's kind of, and he kind of throughout the movie he's kind of just an instigator right he, he kind of yeah just, he, he like he, he enjoys just starting he shit. he pokes a lot of bears right yeah. throughout this movie and i like honestly i think like val kilmer's portrayal is so good oh yeah and there's such like, so there's so many obvious. There's so many quotable lines from him. There's a ton of quotable lines in this whole movie. Right. But a lot of them do come from Val Kilmer, and you just like his performance. I could see people maybe seeing his performance as like a little much or like a little over the top. But I think to me that like I was watching him do it, and I was like, oh, that's just how, how kind of how Doc Holliday was. I, like he was I just, would... he was an instigator and a just kind of a. Not a con artist, but just like he was just kind of that guy, that guy that just liked to poke the bear and yeah. cause a cause a ruckus and say dumb shit that got people pissed off. And I think Kilmer portrayed that perfectly. Yeah, and I think he did too. And 
I think that it fits because he's playing a man who is dying of tuberculosis, mm-hmm. who basically just wants to have fun now. Like he's not right. worried about anything. He's not afraid to die. Right. Um, but he's like, hey, let's let's go one last ride. Let's make some money. He's mm-hmm. riding around with his girlfriend, like cheating at poker games. Yeah. He knows it. You know what? You know. Yeah. He knows his life's over. So why? Why care so much or, about? I think specifically not poker. What did he say? Something about he he goes like I did. I never said gambling is honest work. I said poker is honest work. Yeah, or yeah. something. Cards along is those honest lines. work or something like that. <clears throat> so we haven't talked about him yet, but from what we learned last night as we were kind of watching the movie, um, this movie is kind of like Kurt Russell's baby almost. Yeah. Like, not only is he the main character, and I I mentioned this as we were watching, probably, like, one of the best actors of the modern era. Like yeah, He's got to be. He's yeah. he is so, he's just, he's so good, and you can see how, like, much he cares about the roles he plays. Well, and he just, ha- he, like, brings so much energy to he this does. film. He, like, he, it's like, it's kind of like when Sam Jackson's in a movie, right? right? Like, you see Sam Jackson or, or, um, uh, or Denzel in a movie, y- you know, you, you see these, Guys like that, like when you see him on screen, you're like, oh, this is okay. All right, here we go. Kurt Russell kind of has that. He he has that presence whenever right. he's you know in a in a movie when he's on screen. Well, and they do, they do try to draw that attention to him in this film. A lot of the shots of him are like shot from below, or they're extreme close ups on his face. Yeah. Like it's it's portraying him as just a powerful figure, right? Um, a guy that carries a lot of confidence. Yeah. And also, in some ways, instills fear in not only the Cowboys in this case, which is like the gang that's right. overrunning this town. Yeah. But also, like, I guess a healthy fear in the members of the community. Right. Right. Pe- not, maybe not, maybe like respect I, almost. I guess, like, people I guess know. Respect, but they, yeah. Uh, people. People know of his like his reputation precedes him, and, and people know that. So when they actually see him for the first time walking through town, they're like, "Oh shit!" Like Wyatt Earp is actually here, just walking around in our in our town, right? And he wants to run a business and live here. And all right, I guess all right, better tighten up a little bit, right. boys. Yeah, it's like, like get right. Yeah, yeah, because and that's that's such a cool like. Obviously, the in the, like the Earp family in general, from what I've read about their history, was like. Basically, pretty much all three of them kind of did that in their own way. Yeah. Like, they were very lawful men who commanded respect, and not unrightfully so, but rightfully so, because they were they were just, they knew what they were about, and they lived that at pretty much to a, to a fault, almost. Right. Right? Which is one reason why they, they get in so much trouble in this movie, right? Well, and it's, it, they're not really... They're not afraid to take what they want, essentially. Right. right. Um, but they always do it, I guess, under the guise of the law because right. they sort of just create their own law. Mm-hmm. They're, there's this kind of plot point throughout this film that if you're wearing the badge, you can do whatever you want to do. Right. And eventually they all end up with badges just so they can run the cowboys out of town. Right. Um but wherever they go, and in particular this town of Tombstone, like they are the law. Right. And I think that in a sense they kind of create their own law. Right. Um, and it comes from years and years of 
just being lawmen. Being Every, lawmen. Everywhere yeah. they go, they right. they kind of go from town to town, and that's right. just what they do. That's who and, they are. In this, what like what I kind of like one of the inciting like incidents for all the the uh, issues with the cowboys. A lot of the conflict is the fact that Wyatt's kind of like done with wanting to do that, but like it's almost like it it's inevitable because of the who he and his brothers are like it's just it's just kind of bound to happen because there's never going to be a place you go where there's no crime mm-hmm. no people who are doing bad things so it's just it's just like it's something that is unavoidable for them well, for some of them because like for like Virgil who's played by Sam Elliott because he just physically cannot stand lawlessness Wyatt maybe has a little bit more of that, that ability to just be like, eh, it's, this is not our business. Let's not get involved. But in the end, that involvement is just is going to happen. It's just going to happen. They kind of just, gonna they kinda just attract it. And I think it's right. like this. Like Sam Elliott, like you said, he despises law, lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wyatt Earp, um, I think that his comes from more of a maybe a selfish place. Right. He wants to... He not that he wants to take advantage of this town, but he wants to find opportunities to make money in this town. And in this case, right. lawlessness is what's getting in the way of that. It's not necessarily right. that he that he needs order, kind of in yeah. the same way that his brother does. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to let he's not going to let the cowboys get in the way of his own family finding success. Right, and he makes plenty of comments throughout the film about like maybe we should just leave. Yeah, like he's, true. you can tell he's just tired of dealing with all this nonsense. Really, right, right. He doesn't. He doesn't want to deal with childish fighting anymore. Yeah, his his days are kind of past him. Right. I just I'm I'm glad that it's it was Kurt Russell that got to play Wyatt because Dude, because like we dog. said like he is he's just he's kind of a guy and he's again he's one of those guys that just kind of commands that that like not like awe inspiring presence but like. Just like a very highly respect, even like just in real life, like he's just one of those guys that you see and you're like, "All right, cool, that's Kurt Russell." Like you know, like and <clears throat> even next to Kurt Russell, there are a lot of dogs yeah, in this movie. There are a ton. Yeah, I'm gonna ri- I'm gonna hold on. I have the cast. I'm gonna rip through a couple. Okay. So we got Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Powers Booth plays Curly Bill. We have Michael Bain. We have um, uh, Stephen Lang as Ike Clanton, one of the main bad guys. Thomas Hayden Church as Billy Clanton. They play brothers. Uh, we have, uh, where'd he go? Um, Terry O'Quinn plays John Locke and Lost as the mayor of the town. Um, there's a minor appearance from Billy Bob Thornton as just, I just kind of like a, like a grifter or something like that. Yeah. Um, Michael Rooker plays... One of the he plays someone's brother, who then at the end is like, man, I'm not, I'm not like with my brother anymore. Like, we're not cowboys anymore. Like, they're doing, they're doing shit that we don't agree with. Yeah, he basically joins. He's like, if you ever need me, Wyatt or its crew. If you need, yeah, if you need help, I'm here. Me and yeah. my my guys are here. Um, so just a, like a crazy, crazy cast of people who basically, I mean, ap- I before and after this film were like pretty successful in film and television. So yeah. just to have like that many guys in a western is I don't know it's kind of cool and a, to see, and a like, lot of them here are like truly in their prime, right? Like this was the prime of 
Kurt Russell and right. um, it was the prime of Sam Elliott, Val mm-hmm. Kilmer. Like these right. guys, this is like the height of their career. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you can tell. Right. To come together and make a what? not only make a Western, that's just like a, like it's a fun story with interesting character, but it's also like, and this is why, one reason why I love Westerns is because it's the greatest excuse to film some of the most gorgeous scene, like scenery yeah. in the world beautiful sunsets and sunrises with these amazing silhouettes of people riding on horses across the plains or these crazy thunderstorms in the pitch black of night where the only thing lighting up the scene is that crack of lightning like the and this movie is so full of that there's such great cinematography throughout this movie that it's Mm -hmm. just like while you're enjoying the story you're also just enjoying those special moments where you see a close-up of Kurt Russell with the just the orange glow of the sun and the mountains behind him mm-hmm. in this like beautiful close-up with all this stuff going on in the background. Like there's so much of that in this movie. And again, it's like all of my favorite westerns have that element. That 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 beautiful element of amazing landscapes and scenery and and set design, all that kind of stuff. Well, because coming together to add to the story, right? What a western, what a western should bring to the audience is the same sort of awe that the West had for these people, the people who were living at the time. Right. There's a reason why guys like uh, Doc Holliday and guys like Wyatt Earp wanted to see what was out there because right. the land was so vast and there was so many options, so many places to go. You could build whatever kind of life you wanted. And that's the same type of feeling that the audience should get from a Western. Right. And they do a great job here. And it's mm-hmm. also about balance too. You can't, right. it, it can't be like gratuitous where the yeah. only thing you have is, you know, big landscape shots. Right. But this one is so well balanced there. They use, they use those landscape shots, like almost in place of, transitions and cuts at right, times right like sure it may have just been an excuse to get like perfect framing of the sun behind the four horsemen which also, also a lot the, of the alliteration yeah to, to the, the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah because almost every time you see Wyatt Earp's crew even after his brother dies yeah there are four horsemen and they're always riding together they're riding with like a red like sunset behind them it's like almost always their silhouette and then of course you get the famous line of kurt russell yelling hell's coming with yeah. me like it's the, the the illusions are there you tell him i'm coming and hell's coming with me dude, you hear? that line oh oh dude I, I mean i've watched that scene i've seen that scene before Every, of, of everybody course. has <laughs> that's like again like i could other actors pull off that line Maybe you you wouldn't take him as seriously, but because it's Kurt Russell, you're like, oh shit, hell is coming with him. Yeah, like okay, it's here we go. And that also that serves as the point in the movie where we're like, oh, like it's about to go down, mm-hmm. like the lawman's coming out. Right, the man who doesn't fuck the around guy, with lawlessness is is fully and the here guy now. the guy who has like he's tried to keep that side of him subdued. Right throughout this entire the whole film. movie, yeah, he doesn't want to let that Wyatt Earp come out, right? Until he has no choice, and that line right there is like how you know Wyatt Earp is back. He's finally crossed. He's finally crossed the line, right? You like they, they left him no choice. Yeah, 
there are there are a couple. There's another western I really love, uh, uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, where uh, Clint Eastwood has a very similar moment to that. Mm-hmm. And one reason I've always liked Kurt Russell is because well, he's been in movies that are western. If not, if, if they aren't westerns, they have like notes of western in them. And he's just like one of those guys that like you just see as a, like a cowboy. He's a cowboy. That's why. I, that's why. I was, I like Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven because when he delivers that that line, I'm not. That's pretty similar to that. He's like, you tell everyone that I'm I'm fucking here and we're not fucking around anymore. Basically, is what the line is. Yeah. You hear him say it and you're like, oh man. So some people might die now. Okay. All right. <laughs> like hearing that line and, and like actually feeling that. Like it's it's so like I laughed because I I like I feel that seriousness in his voice it's not over the top or overdone or overdrawn it's just it's legit and it's cool to hear lines like that expressed in movies like westerns it's one of one of the reasons why i love westerns because you can get those moments if you have the right the right person delivering those lines yeah it's what dude westerns are it's a hard genre to pull off it is and it is. part of that is why there are i I would say that there are just as many bad westerns as there are good westerns. It's honestly in, in a similar way, to, like in a similar vein of horror. Like right. horror yeah. is really hard to pull off because it's you know it one it's you know it's a it's a pretty uh, niche genre, and there's a lot of things you kind of have to pull off in order for it to feel like it was it's well made. And westerns westerns fall into that to me for me at least they fall into that category. The same category as horror movies. Like there are a lot of, there are just as many good horror movies as as there are bad, and honestly, there may be a few more bad horror movies right, than yeah. good horror movies because it's just that hard to do it right. But westerns I think, are the same way. But when it's done right, when a western is done right, mm-hmm. it is absolutely captivating. Like there's there's almost yeah. nothing better. I would agree because it's so difficult and it's it's also just a very like intimate genre of film. Right. It's, it's like it's so like it's a genre that has like such a grand scope because of like because you know if you're if you're telling a story that's a west you know in in the in the old west like you said you have this expansive landscape just full of like empty fields and mountain ranges in this this huge like opportunistic feel to it mm-hmm. and then to also couple that with a story that feels grounded and in contained to these specific people to like combine those two things together when it really works is like you said it's one of the coolest things to watch well and i think it's difficult but it's also like we appreciate it so much more when it's done right because you can't take shortcuts with westerns you can't and i guess that's where it kind of differentiates itself from other niche genres with horror. The issue is there are too many shortcuts you can take right with right. Westerns. There are none. It is so, it is, it is so stripped down. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's really not much meat on the bones. Right. So what is there? Like it has to be flawless. Right. Um, well, so it's like that one thing you pointed out when we were watching the movie, like how like simp like a gunfight, that like form of action sequence yeah. of dudes just shooting revolvers at each other and maybe like riding around on horses, like compared to the kind of action we have now, even the action they had like back back in, here in the nineties, like to be able to create such tension 
and like gritty like actual like feelings of violence off of kind of like just a basic like situation where people just kind of shoot each other there's no like hand-to-hand combat there's no car chases there's like to create something compelling out of that is one thing western if westerns do it right it's super compelling to watch and it's so simple right it's so simple yet it feels so complex which is amazing when you watch it unfold when you watch a western that has that feeling to it in in those situations it's it's a period of time that feels like so foreign to us it's Mm -hmm. a it's a time in america that all things considered was fairly short that period of time um but it's also where like it's how this country was built it's how cities were built yeah um yeah especially most of the west most of the west and it's like you said they 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 can create a, a good Western and certainly this movie can create a intriguing action scene in a space probably no bigger than this living room. Right. Like the, we, yeah. we grow up hearing stories about the okay corral um, mm-hmm. and it seems larger than life. But in reality, if you were back in this time, really nothing about it would be large in comparison to how we live now other right. than the expanse, I guess. Yeah. Like the land is large and that's about it. Yeah. And so to to be able to strike that balance and to find that focus is is very difficult to do and they kind of nailed it. I think so too. I think we should give a lot of the credit to Kurt Russell. Yeah, cuz after it, what you read about how yeah. he essentially took over he might have kind this of movie helped had direct two it. directors. Yeah. One of them got fired very shortly after. Yeah, the guy who wrote it. The guy who wrote uh, it. Kevin Jar, I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so George Cosmatos came on, but he came on with like zero prep. He basically came on to the, they, were, they basically called him and were like, can you come direct this movie for us? Right. He came on with like a couple days of prep. So Kurt Russell basically was he just said, like. I'm your Huckleberry. Like, I'll be a Huckleberry. <laughs> he was like giving him shot lists, kind of helping him block out scene, like doing all these things to make sure the movie looked good mm-hmm. and still felt like it was a, a good production. So he, obviously he doesn't get directing credit, but even even Kurt Russell is kind of like, I mean, I might have. I might have directed it. It it feels like he had a vision for what he wanted it to look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sounds like from what you were reading, like his fingerprints are all over. Because it was a story he he cared about. He wanted to tell. And I, like, respect to him. I I love when a movie has that element to it. Like, when you have your actors and, you know, the the people involved in production who, like, want it to be good, who want it to be be successful so they'll do anything to make it happen you could tell everybody in this movie like genuinely cared about it and and it like that shines through the entire time i think so too yeah dom in the end i i have like i don't know this is one of those movies like it's it's kind of like it's like a cult classic movie right right and uh, there are things that i didn't love about the movie but they feel like small because of how much i liked the other stuff sure so it doesn't really like my grade might be higher than what it would be if this were like a brand new movie and I were really yeah. like trying to figure out how I really felt about it. But the cinematography is amazing. The character, most, almost all the actors are, are game. You can tell how much they care and how much effort they put into their roles. The mustaches are just top notch, which Incredible. is amazing. Like the, the only time there have been mustaches this good in a Western was The Hateful Eight. Yeah. And those are some damn good mustaches. 
But like, it's just some of the same mustaches. Actually, some of the same, yeah. <laughs> like extensions of what they had in this movie. So I, I think you know, I, I really liked the good stuff. The bad stuff was, yeah, whatever. It's still a good movie, and I really liked it. And I, I, I think grade wise, I'm, I'm sitting at like an A minus to an A. Yeah, it's I, a damn good movie. Um, listen, if for no other reason this movie gets an A minus just for costume design. Uh, cause these dudes are badass and every once in a while, every time I wish I could wear a hat yeah. like all of them do. and just a long, a long coat with a sick belt. I don't think we ever see them. Boots. We never see them without suits on except for when Kurt Russ or when Wyatt Earp is just like out riding his horse. Right. Just like hanging out, like riding around talking to, uh, what's her name? Who actually is like a true, um, uh, Josephine Marcus. They actually did, uh, from what I read, get married. Like after all the stuff happened at Tombstone, oh, they like he went out to San Francisco and found her, and they like lived the rest of their life together. Dude, how cool would it be to get just a full size printout of this movie poster? That would be pretty sick. I would frame that. I would frame that. I so like you're right. Like co- costume design alone, <laughs> I want to. I like I want to wear like every time I see like clips or stills of of Kurt Russell and all these guys in their costumes for this movie. I'm like, man, I wish I could wear a hat in a dope like suit with this long jacket <laughs> you just wish you could be them i boots. wish i could just grow a mustache like walk like in, sam like, elliott walk into work like that and people not go what the fuck are you wearing like i wish i could live the, in this time period purely just to be able to like walk around like that and people wouldn't be like oh that's weird you know that would be sick sorry you, you were you were uh no on a, that's on a tangent there. A, lo- a lot of my a lot of my points are just the same points that you have um this this movie did a lot of things right um and i think that there's just something captivating about a well-executed western that you almost start to forgive little flaws um and we've i mean we've reviewed a few movies like that where the, the good things are so good that you can look past their shortcomings and not that this had many um right but i think that combination between the beautiful cinematography the set design and and the prop use and all of those things plus just a cast that is well deserving of 10 a pluses by themselves um i think that this is probably an a minus in my mind like i said it, it also has some sentimental value to right. me well um, that's one thing like an it's a- just, minus- you watch this and it's just a special <clears throat> film it is you can tell like like I said, you can you can like you can tell how much people wanted this movie, and that's why it's a cult classic. That's why people love it because they can anyone who watches this that's a fan of westerns can can tell how right. like how much this movie wanted to get made, how much people wanted to see this happen, and and I I loved it. And you know, a just I don't know if we ever talked about this. Just because movie gets an A minus doesn't mean it's like automatically exempt from like a top fifty list because. Let me tell you, I have plenty of movies that are on my top 50 all-time list that don't have an A+. Because Oh, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes a movie that isn't an A+, has so much other good stuff happening that all the stuff I do criticize or like don't really understand or agree with, that I have disagreement with, I think overshadows that and still makes it a movie that is you know worth being on my favorite movies of all-time list. And I'm glad we actually sat down to watch this. I'm, I'm glad I think we glad. I'm, I'm glad we finally watched an old western. Me too. 
and it's I think about damn time. You know, we got till uh, we got the Batman spoiler review coming soon. Um, you know, the Batman just happened. We're kind of filming this around the time of that release. Um, we'll probably do some more old we, movies. We've basically got until May. Yeah. So look out for the next two months for probably maybe a couple more westerns. I, yeah, I think that'd there's be a cool. couple westerns you haven't seen that I think you'd really like. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do other some other favorites. Uh, that we have, not necessarily Westerns, but just kind of all Some over the place. cool movies. Movies that we think are really good and that we think people also really like. And, you know, stuff that we enjoy. I don't want to... We might throw a trash film in there just to have... Just for whatever, shits and giggles. But right now, it's just kind of nice to watch a movie that's really sick and is an enjoyable, you know, two hours and ten minutes of your time. Do you want to know something that's going to make you sad? Uh-oh. About this movie? What? Um, it didn't get any uh, award nominations. Yeah, the I only think... award nomination was an MTV Movie Award. Oh, so that's an it. MTV, interesting. Yeah, I think westerns are in many ways similar to horror in that because it's such a heavily genre focused style of They'll movie. Never it's, get their it's hard to like. Yeah, the only yeah. person I think who's had a western that's even been like heavily nominated was. Django and Hateful Eight, both written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And he's kind of, for whatever reason, an awards darling, which is weird because he's one of those guys that... You would think the Academy would hate him. That very He's one of those guys that very clearly wants to make the movies <laughs> for him and for the people who love his work right. and doesn't really give a shit about what he anyone else thinks. And he does some crazy fucked up shit in his movies. And yet, <laughs> for whatever reason, he gets like five Oscar noms, for five plus Oscar noms for each of his movies. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, let's, uh, let's let's bring them out. Let's, let's bring them out. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for, for yes. thanks for listening to our shows about non-new movies. About yeah, about stuff like that's, we try like, to we try to review things while they're still in theaters. Right. Well, also we try to review movies that were in theaters thirty years ago, almost thirty years ago now. Yeah. And thanks for we humoring us at the very least. You know what? I think that it's fun talking about classics. It I is. think it is. Yeah. Or movies that we deem obviously. I'm sure some people don't think that Tombstone is a classic. And Whatever. that's fine. And that's fine. But we do, and that's why we're that's why we're uh, that's why we're talking about it. And we appreciate the fact that you uh, take the time to listen to it. And I appreciate you. Listen, Gus. I haven't been able to breathe out of my nose in six days. <laughs> These allergies are kicking my ass. So thanks for <sighs> listening to my Jimmy Neutron voice for you the last sound, half hour. Come on, you sound. You fine. sound like an angel. See you guys later. Um, um, hey, we're on uh, we're on Facebook, Front Row Seats. We're on Instagram, Front Underscore Row indeed. Media. Gmail. Uh, Gmail is Front Row Media One at gmail.com. Yes or no? Spotify. Yes. Stitcher. Yes. Apple Podcasts. Yep. SoundCloud. Yep. That's where we host it, baby. One time, I just Googled our show, and yeah. it came up on like a couple platforms I'd never even that you never of. even heard of. So yeah. hey, shout out you SoundCloud audience, people who actually listen there. All right. I didn't know that people listened to podcasts on SoundCloud, but hey, it's pretty cool. I didn't know that people listened to our podcast. Listen, reach out. But they do. Leave us a review if you have feedback, if you want us to talk about something that we missed or some other movie that you think we would like to watch and talk about that maybe we haven't seen. If you could guess the, a movie we haven't seen. You'd be hard-pressed hard. to find a movie that like neither of us had seen. Right. For us combined, it might, our, be, our collection it might be pretty tough. Our collection combined is yeah. pretty, pretty extensive. It's pretty extensive. But again, we appreciate it. Uh, Stay tuned for more coming real soon. And uh, bye.